I'm John Wilson. Welcome to Owned and Operated. Twice a week, we talk about home service businesses. And if you're a home service entrepreneur, then this is going to be the show for you. We talk about our own business in residential plumbing, HVAC, and electric. And we also talk about business models that we just find interesting. Let's get into it. If you like what we talk about on our social media, on Twitter, on this podcast, then you should be signed up for our newsletter. Go to ownedandoperated.com, where every Friday we break down our business, we break down insights, things we're learning, things we're working on, and it's good stuff. Check it out, ownedandoperated.com. Today on Owned and Operated, Jack and I talk about preparing for weather. So we are weather-enhanced businesses in plumbing, HVAC, and electric. And next week, for both of us, we have some pretty hardcore winter weather coming in. We've got some negatives for four or five days in a row and some crazy wind. And that really impacts how we think about scheduling, capacity, and being able to serve our customers. So we break it down here. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to Owned and Operated. Hey, what's going on, man? Dude, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I'm sitting here cozy. It's a Friday night. The 12th of January, and outside we have 50 mile an hour winds. Yay. Freezing yeah. temperatures coming in. Yeah. And like crazy weather. So it started mm-hmm. really raining. And then when I left the office, it was a wild snowstorm. So that it went from raining to like all of that rain turned into snow in the span of like four or five minutes which was just crazy to watch. Big, thick flakes, white out, and then the roads have like two inches of slush, which I assume over the weekend is just going to be pure ice rink. Ice, ice. Ice, ice. Yeah, we get it starting Monday, so it must be moving down. It's hit you guys, and then we're like a day and a half away from it. Yeah. But it, it rained pretty hard here, and then we're supposed to get seven inches of snow on Monday, which for Nashville is wild. Like, yeah. they don't, we just don't see that. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I'm excited. I love snow. Yeah, man. Before we dive into this episode, we're going to talk about the workshop that we've been working on, which has been pretty cool. So we have that workshop coming up March 19th through the 21st. 21st, yeah. Up in Northeast Ohio at my location. It's going to be a lot of fun. What's been really cool so far, like talking to people, I think there's 17 people signed up as of today, which is like, I think a good group for something that we were just like randomly like, hey, let's get, <laughs> let's do this. I'm so excited. It's going to be cool. A uh, lot of different business types. So we've got some B2B, we've got some B2C, uh, some plumbing and HVAC and some, I think there's some roofing. There's a few business types, but a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about is basically the same. Like, how do you build field team leaders? How do you hire salespeople? How do you get leads? There's going to be difference, obviously, between businesses and homeowners, but it's going to be good content. So yeah, I'm starting to get pumped. We're starting to like work through curriculum and design the event. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you about that. So this yeah. is a loaded question, but I was talking to somebody today who's in the process of buying a home service business yeah. and they were thinking about coming. And I said, yeah, it would it'd behoove you to, to hit the ground running with a lot of these topics and behind the yeah. scene knowledge, but they were worried that it's too soon. What's your feeling on that? You know, I could go either way. I could go either way. I think if it were me, so like the the danger is that you can't contain yourself and you change too much too soon. So like, you know how it should be because you attend this awesome workshop that tells you exactly what you should do. (laughs) So you know how it should be. 
So then you get into a place where it's likely not that way and you get tempted to change. So that's the danger. The positive side is that business probably needs a pretty good kick in the teeth. Like I think I've shared in this show before, buying it, I don't think, and I, I'm open to being wrong or disproven or whatever, but I don't think you can buy a trades business and do no harm for the average human. So if somebody bought us tomorrow, they should walk into that with a do no harm philosophy. We've got a lot of stuff going on. It's 140 people. People understand their roles and it's working. Like that's not something you're going to go in and make a big mess out of. If you buy a sub $5 million shop, you already assume it's a mess. Nobody has any actual idea what they're doing. They don't have any professionalized lead flow. The managers are like probably doing like a quarter of what they're supposed to be doing. You sort of have to make a mess. Eventually, yes, there's a don't change too much too fast facet. It mainly revolves around employees. But at the end of the day, I don't think it still changes what you need to know in the long run. Like we knew we needed a comfort advisor system versus a tech, a sales tech model. We didn't do that for three, four months, but uh, actually we didn't do that for probably a year, almost a year, but we still did it in the long run because we knew that's the correct thing to do because I'm involved in this on the daily. And so I told this individual, I said, honestly, as long as you go into that, knowing it, um, that don't go in there and just destroy the whole company because you'll lose all your employees and you'll keep the culture, feel it out, and then start implementing the easiest parts and get the ball rolling. But I still think it's a good value to have that. I, I think so too. I think like when you're buying these small businesses, what's the quick win? What's the thing that you can do that's not going to cause a massive cultural disruption, but can drive growth in the business quickly? Maybe that's like lead flow. You're not going to disrupt mm-hmm. anybody's life knowing how to drive more lead flow. You're not going to disrupt anybody's life learning how to book phone calls better. Maybe you get a little bit of information on how to work better with your service managers. That'll disrupt a little bit. I think just like anything, come with questions or ideally come with one question, but like one to three, like what's the big problem in my business? How do I solve it? And you can do that Like the, if the big problem is I'm new to this business and I just need a kind of a rough roadmap for the next 12 months, this could be that. That's going to be the big part. And then I know we're going to touch on acquisitions and tuck-ins and add-ons and all yep. this kind of stuff as well. That's all applicable too. So if you are in that stage and you're thinking about potentially coming, you're under LOI, maybe you're starting work on drafts of APA, yeah. I'd say do it. I think we've all been there and I wish I had this looking back at that point gives clarity. I think that's what this is all about. I was just on a show, Millennial Investing, the other day. And he asked, like, you know, most of our time that we talked was about my actual job. (laughs) And then he's like, so what are you doing over there with owned and operated and this workshop thing? And I'm like, here's what we're doing. Like, I wish I had this information when I was two, three, four million dollars a year. Like, that would have been super helpful. It would have shortened my learning curve. And like when I was doing this, when I was that size, I didn't really know anyone else in the industry. And Twitter was a really big unlock for me, just meeting other people that were doing this. Like I had never met another person buying plumbing and HVAC companies. And by the time I joined Twitter, I'd already been doing it for five years. Like that was it. As far as I knew, this was like the weirdest thing in the world that this was happening. And then I get on Twitter and it's like the coolest thing ever. 
to people on Twitter. That's so wild to me still to this day. Yeah, like I was five years deep. businesses before anyone, like you didn't have any help. I don't know where I would be without this community. Seriously. First off, I wouldn't have bought a business. Second off, like everything, all my playbooks, every single one of my playbooks for purchasing businesses and running businesses comes from Twitter. That's who I surround myself with. I I posted a couple of days ago about how great Rayan was. Shout out to Rayan for helping me out with just like... We understand that you don't have those people surrounding you to talk to. Yeah. And so this is a good unlock to to really get face-to-face time with people yeah. and also see John's shop, which I'm super excited for. It should be fun. I'm so excited for your shop. The timing is intentional, right? So by the time we get to it, like VMI will be done, yeah. fully implemented, done. It's about a four-month process. VMI, for anyone listening, is vendor-managed inventory. So yeah. John- so we got large enough that a wholesaler partnered with us basically and launched a branch inside the back of our building. So a shop inside a shop. A shop inside a shop of which we are the only customer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. They're awesome. Like yeah. they've been a really awesome partner in this. It's exciting for both of us. Sweet man. Yeah. March nineteenth to the twenty first. Yeah. Check you guys out ownedandoperated.com for more dates. Feel free to DM me on Twitter too. Hey this episode is sponsored by Service Scalers. So Service Scalers is actually a brand that I've used personally with our companies for a little bit over a year now. They've helped us manage our digital advertising. Frankly, they did a lot better than our last agency. Leads went through the roof and cost per click went way down. Check out Service Scalers if you're a plumbing, HVAC, or electrical home service company. That's what they knock out of the park, and they did a great job for me. Circling back to the weather, I know this is my second winter. We have done noob newbie newbie second HVAC <laughs> winter oh, last man. year. We had a negative seven, yeah, and we had over 250 calls in three hours. Nice, which is I know that's for you, that's like your a six hour window, but for us, it was more calls than like three or four months back then. We were doing 800,000 a year, like that's huge volume. It was unmanageable volume, like we didn't, yeah, we just stopped answering the phones. We're, Schedule was booked. And so this year we we're going into it with some SOPs and we're trying to prepare. I don't know how well we're going to do. We'll see. But I'm curious as to what is preparing for a big storm like this look like for you? So I cracked a joke earlier today because this is a perfect blend of everything that we like. It's cold. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. wet. It's windy. So like... That's all five of my trades. Cold, wet, and windy. That's my type of day. So cold's obviously going to hit HVAC. Wet's going to hit plumbing, drains, remediation, and windy's going to help with power. Yeah. We're impacted on all five fronts over the next seven days. Obviously, it impacts us in a number of ways. On-call is one of them. Mm-hmm. Namely, we don't have an on-call. So how how do we think about The 55-mile-an-hour wind started today at 4 p.m. So on-call, how do we think about schedule as we prepare for sort of an onslaught of weather? How do we think about lead flow? And How do you prepare for that too? Right, Because you have this week that you've probably been preparing to knock out like a lot of these. No, for at least for us, like we had customers sitting. Maybe we can push them a little bit. We can push them a little bit. Like they were waiting on a board install. Yeah. You can't wait on a board install anymore, right? Yeah. No electric heat's not going to cut it. There's a perfect preparation too in that schedule, right? 
Yep. On call, schedule prep, and capacity. How are we going to think about capacity? Those are the three big ways that we think about this. And I'll say for anyone listening, this is our first time, I'd say, being as roughly prepared as I think we're going to be. And it's really like, I think it's a team maturity thing. The team is starting to really fire on all, on all cylinders together, which I can like barely explain how cool that is to have like fully loaded departments actually working. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, pinch me. Like our marketing team has like eight people now. And like that seven months ago, I didn't have a marketing team. And now they're driving very real results for our business. It's just crazy. So we had to sort of get like full company alignment around how we're going to handle this. So we have full company alignment around every day. Like Every day we're going to come in and we're going to run this many calls. We're going to aim at this much revenue. Our average ticket's going to be this. Our conversion's going to be this. We're going to expect to sell this many clubs, this many reviews. And we're going to know that we're going to set up tomorrow for success. That's what we're on alignment now. And for the most part, that's great until it comes to weather. In extreme weather events, we're a weather-enhanced business, so we have to change the rules a little bit. So the first one's on-call. We don't have on-call. We have optional on-call, basically. So we have some guys that work on the weekends. They take calls if they want them, essentially, like water heaters or... Items that are worth going out for. Pretty much. So like we've done two to five water heaters a weekend for a year and a half. So we always have done them. And that's really what alerted us to launching weekends. And now we have people on shifts on the weekends too, but it's not going to be enough this weekend. So we basically opened it up and said like, hey, we're going to have some no powers. We're going to have some no heats. We're going to have some no hot waters. If you want it, come get it. Now we have to set them up. We have to build capacity inside Service Titan. We have to make sure that our call center knows that they're available. This mm-hmm. isn't like, yeah, Jimmy's, you know, down half to- in, half out, yeah. But it's optional. It's optional. Still optional. I told everyone, I said mandatory on call. Well, see, it's optional, but the company's big enough that someone's going to take it. It's like, hey, do you want 20 grand of sales for the weekend? I guess the better question is like on your average team size, say you have different teams, yeah. each area, how many of them took you up on that? And No, we only needed one increase? or two above the shift. So we have like seven people working this weekend. It's not that much, like compared to total headcount. It's not that much. And we're also in a weird time where like, I've talked about this on the show, but we're launching weekends. That's taken every bit of 45 days for us. You know, we're multi-trade, multi-discipline. It's not like we're just plumbing or just HVAC where I can just like load guys down. Like I have to get two electricians. I have to get two HVAC, two plumbers. Then you have to get a call center. Then you have to get dispatch. So it's a 12 to 15 person hiring round to fill this out. It'll take 90 days from start of the idea back in November to completion in February. So yeah, so we opened it up. So we got everyone, we trained, we opened up their capacity on Service Titan, which is just like, yes, you can schedule for them. And then we taught our call center, the after hours and the weekend call center, how to schedule on them and what priorities they could put on those technicians. So that's the first big one is literally, do you have the people to do it? Or on the weekend, weekday, we'll talk about that. The second one is the schedule. We had to get a little bit more choosy about the schedule. So we have a tool that we use called the three-day call board. Have we ever talked about this? Yeah. Yeah. It's not very complicated, but it did change our business for the Mm -hmm. better in September when we first started using the three-day call board. So we didn't make it up. That's from a group that we're a part of called Nextar. And the three-day call board is before you leave, 
at the end of every day, tomorrow has to have three calls on every tech, the next day has to have two, and the following day has to have one. And the idea is that you take full accountability and ownership over your team's schedule being full, which was something that I think most businesses don't do. I know that we didn't. We didn't right? as well until we started doing it. It's a game changer. Yeah. And just like anything else that I've implemented over the past year, because we put in some real like stuff that I wish we knew at $5 million, but instead we're figuring out at $25 million, I feel sincerely bad for everyone that we compete against. Because we are figuring out like building block 101 stuff and we're already bigger than all of them. I don't know. It's going to be really entertaining. But three-day call board's a big deal. Now we have to think about, okay, instead of the expected, let's say 800 total calls, so maybe like 400 inbounds or 500, whatever it's going to be for Monday, it's going to be five degrees. So we yeah. should expect 1,000 inbounds which our call center does have the capacity to handle. We could probably handle up to 1,400 or something a day. That would be a lot. That would like full tilt. Maximum, yeah. Yeah, you're talking on the toilet type of you know environment. Most days between inbounds and outbounds, eight to 900 is sort of where we fall. So we could bounce up 50%. But we have to think about how we're going to think about three-day call board because we know that those calls are going to come in and we don't want to over, have to reschedule too much. Typically on a, day-to-day -day basis, we want to schedule 110% of capacity because we know that we're going to have some cancellations. So we always overbook intentionally. It's a big part of the dispatching process. We should touch on that in a different episode because that's interesting. We're just starting to run into that messing with our business. And I know this is the side note. But yeah. It's a look, huge one. we run 140 opportunities a day. 20 cancellations mm -hmm. a day is very normal for us. 14, 15%. Wow. Yeah. See, we're just starting to, like the problem's just starting. I can feel the wheels turning behind it. Like we get maybe three. Yeah. So you got to think of it as a percent. Yeah. Which I mean, three on three tax at five. So three on 20 calls a day. 15%. 15%. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Give or yeah. take. So um, 10 to 15%, I yeah. think is pretty normal. Cancellations could be anything like, hey, I got sick. Hey, I had to go to work. Hey, whatever. Or like I found mm -hmm. somebody else to do it faster. So there's a, any number of reasons. When the number gets bigger, it does get harder to refill that. So let me ask you a question about the three-day call board, especially in this scenario, right? So you're yeah. going to have an increase in calls. Yeah. Right. Your capacity will be capped at some point. Yeah. At any point, do you triage those calls or does your inbound team, your call center triage any of those calls coming in to kick them down? Do they qualify them in any way, shape, or form? What does that look like? Or are they just kind of saying no heat and then... It's by priority. Next week, we're not going to run very much besides P1s and P2s. Yeah. We're not going to come out and do P4s. So if a P4 comes in, we'll shove it out into the following week. Do you guys have an issue with... So especially in, in that negative degree temperature, I don't know what, how, I mean, with, with the changing landscape of today's society, we get a lot of more heat pumps are showing up and anybody in HVAC knows once yeah. you drop below like 20 degrees, heat pumps just don't work. We last year got a ton of heat pump calls where we show up and I mean, we had what, like I said, maybe 12, yep. 12 call capacity and then we'd say, hey, it's a heat pump and then you're on to the next one. Do they try to filter any of those out? Do they have like a temperature set point? Unless your house is under 62 degrees, we're not coming out type of deal. 
Is there anything like that or system in place? We don't currently. We don't. So like our HVAC team, we have the capacity every day for 28 opportunities in service. Mm -hmm. So what's that? 140, 138 throughout the course of a week. So what we're going to do is we're going to bump that up. I think we're going to go up to 40 a day because we'll fill it. So every tech's going to take an additional two. And so we're just going to expect to have capacity. Okay. So you're just going to increase the capacity to try and filter out those quick calls like, hey, I can get to the next one. I have an extra two in there. Yeah, so our our techs have been, that was the next one. The third one is like capacity in and of itself. Can you stretch it? You can. For HVAC, this is the game. Like, hey, it's game time. It's game week. It's zero degrees. It's negatives. Like, yeah, this is going to be it. You guys don't have on call. You have a great situation here. You're going to work extra this week. Yeah, that's what we did is, like I was saying, it's interesting. So we've hit all three of those. We eat on schedule. We went ahead and we, on call, we went ahead and we made all of our, everyone else on call. We just had to. We're so small that the volume that's going to come in, we need the extra help. Service managers on call, even I'm on call. We talked about four, I've ran the four, I'll run again. Then we move into scheduling. We're stretching like yourself in capacity. We're cutting the three-day call board and we moved all the maintenances out, moved all the non-essentials like duct cleanings out past that time frame. And then the last bit that we did is, which I'm curious if your team had done anything like this, ordering. We did like a special order. We made sure, I mean, I guess you don't because you have the VMI. We ordered extra gas valves, pressure switches, everything. We restocked all the trucks. We stocked all the trucks with some temporary heaters, four temporary heaters each truck. So that if there was a part out or something that we can lend a heater. Do you guys lend heaters? We do. And we were not as dedicated about parts as you were. We should have been. Yeah. I think mine comes from trauma from last year. Negative seven, man. It is cold. My ears. I got a big old bald head. It freezes out there. Yeah. Yeah. But still we we run into boards and things that we just can't fix on site. So we drop heaters for people and then try to get back to them that week. It will be interesting though, because last week, Last year kind of did a V for us. It like 20, negative 7, 15, 20 again. Yeah. This week, this one looks like it's going to be negative 2008. So it's like it's stretched this week, yeah. this year. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, more freezes. Yeah. And we're plumbing this year. So I have no idea. I call my plumber for guessing. Can you please get everything in line for this? Because I don't know what I don't. Yeah. It's a lot of frozen pipes. It's a lot of water heaters. Yeah. So just like pilots go out on mm-hmm. these 20-year-old water heaters with high winds. So you're going to see a ton of it. So excited. It's fun. It is going to be interesting. But the team really rallied going into the weekend, and everyone's excited and ready to serve our customers. We're ready is, to go. Is there, is there anything I'm missing? Any systems I can put into place or anything? I mean, call yet? center. Like, how do you literally handle more calls? Like, yeah. that's going to be the big one. Yeah, we've already fired <laughs> hired. Another, speaking of call center for anyone, John and my ongoing joke is the 90-day call center flip. He said, Jack, you need to always be hiring for call center. And I am now always hiring for call center because we had one. We brought someone in for three weeks. It didn't work out. We already had someone ready to go from previous interviews who yep. just started again because of the 90-day call center flip rule. Man, I just want my Bertha or my (laughs) Betty, who's been there 20 years. Why can't I get a few of those? Well, see, the problem is that those are terrible at their job. So, like, you have to have absolutely zero accountability. 
And then... Then I could have one. Then you can have a 20-year employee who will walk all over you every day. That's right. They're all working the same OT. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we stretched the hours, so we have like a nighttime CSR and a daytime CSR dispatcher. Both hours are they're on aids that overlap slightly. That overlap is bigger to a ten-hour schedule, so that yep. during those times they can both flex. Sounds we're, like you guys are ready to roll. We're gonna run it. My true only worry is that at the end of the day, all of our employees, because of the areas that we live in, is a very affluent area. Yeah, most of the employees live about. 30, 45 minutes out. So my, my big worry going into this year is road conditions and oh, two-wheel yeah. drive vans. And I don't know how we're going to... We'll see how that goes. Yeah. How do you handle that? Not... It depends on the year. We've had a couple weird snowstorms in the past few years where we've shut the business down, which is like, nowadays, that's $100,000. Yeah. That's so much money. So it's real hard to make that decision. Yeah. Because like every day is a hundred grand. I really don't know. It's like you pray it doesn't happen. But like last year, we got 18 inches overnight. Mm -hmm. So like we would have spent more in tow trucks than we would have made. So that's where our hope is that they say seven, we get one. Yeah. And that we can actually, you know, get there and do it. But But yeah, it's a hard hard thing to stomach. What do you do with the phone lines? Do you just shut them down or what's that procedure look like? Call takers work remote. They work remote. They take calls. They say, hey, we're not, we can't get any texts on the road due to the snow. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, but so like in our defense for these days that I'm referencing, the entire city shut Everybody, yeah. Yeah, like the entire city was homebound. Mm -hmm. Like we weren't equipped. The city wasn't equipped to get 18 inches. It actually turned into like a whole thing because they had these contracts to clean the highways before they clean the city streets. The city completely shut down. No one could do anything for multiple days. Because they weren't bothering to touch the streets. They were only doing the highways. It became like a whole drama. Sweet. Yep. All right, so we are weather enhanced. So we adjust our on-call. We mess with our three-day call board to make sure that we have open schedule. And we increase our available capacity per day to handle the increased load. And prepare parts. Oh, and prepare parts. parts. We didn't do that very well this year. But you sound like you have a VMI. If you need gas valves, they're in your shop. Like you have to go buy them. They're not on the trucks, but they're there. For us, it's like 30 minutes, 45 minutes up a highway in those conditions to go grab them. Not to cut you some slack. You're welcome. Either way. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. But yeah, so those are the big ones. Look, as this comes out, try to kill it. That December of 22, Mm -hmm. like negative seven thing. That kept businesses busy through the end of January. I bet. We did remediation work, lots of remediation work, yeah. where pipes busted in people's houses and they yep. need all new HVAC. We probably have four jobs that were like- Oh, yeah. It's a thing. It, this type of weather is, it's perfect timing for us because February, we usually slow down. So this is going to keep mm-hmm. us rolling into February. That's what I told the team. And so that's why they're all cool with on call and let's do it. I'm excited. We'll keep everyone updated and maybe we'll come back after in two weeks and touch on this horror stories. I want to just share numbers. I want to be like, here's our calls. Here's actually what happened. Like if we break, it's not many days that we break a thousand calls a day. We're roughly at like three to 4,000 a week, depending on the week. It's kind of weird because we've had holidays for the past couple of weeks, but like 5,000 a week would be, that'd be a good time. My yearly call volume. Yeah, I mean, I mean, calls and I mean, no, you know, I know. There, there's around, a lot going on with calls. 
but yeah, we'll, we can share some of those stats now that we can actually track them better to a service time this year. We didn't have them last year. So yeah. we'll actually be able to see that incoming flow and, and run those reports, which will be exciting. Heck yeah. Yeah. We'll touch them on the back end. Cool. All right. Everybody stay warm. Serve your customers. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to Owned and Operated, the podcast for home service entrepreneurs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the like button and subscribe to the podcast. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover, feel free to reach out. You can find me on Twitter at at Wilson Companies. I'll see you next time.